0: to my first ever podcast, uh, it's Together, the Brighton and Hove Albion podcast, following our exploits in the Premier League this year, the 2018-2019 season. Uh, just thought I'd introduce myself and give yourselves a little bit about me and why I'm choosing to do this. Um, I'm Josh, I'm a Brighton fan, I've been a Brighton fan for 25 years. Uh, my first game was Northampton Town away in the Worthington Cup second round. I remember that was the dark days back then. Uh, Stuart Storer was the only was the only goal scorer for us that night In a very cold and horrible night away at Northampton We got beat 2-1 But uh, it was worth it And from then on I continued to follow the Albion through thick and thin We've had some really cool times, some really crap times But I'm really enjoying our jaunt in the Premier League And I'm hoping that it will continue to be that way for the next forever Really, I'll be delighted with that So, why this podcast? Uh, I'm sure that's a question that people are asking me, and uh, it's something I'm passionate about, and everybody else seems to be doing a podcast about stuff they like, so why not me, right? Um, I think this is something that nobody's done before either. I don't think anybody else has ever tapped into this side of the Brighton market. I know that we have a couple of people who are very cool on YouTube. Uh, We know there's a couple of... Twitter and uh, forums, North Stand chat amongst them, Matt Jackson on YouTube. I know these guys do a lot for the community in terms of the Brighton fans, but I don't think anybody else has this kind of uh, output via a podcast or an audio in the way that I look to do it today. We're going to be more stats-based. I want to look into what makes our players tick, how they react on the football field, and uh, really what what Houghton looks for in their, in their performances too, and we'll be able to look deeper into that this week when we take a look into our new boys that are coming in and what they did in their previous seasons with other teams and what they're what they're doing with uh, with Brighton this year and how we think they may end up looking like with us because there's a lot of players that have come from the Bundesliga which seems to be a great area for us we've signed that striker from La Liga Undon. Um I think we're we're looking really bright so let's be going forward with this um, I'm going to start from the bottom up. So, we're going to start from the defence. Um, the first part of the podcast will be taking a look at the new players, uh, what their history could mean for us, and what they look like they could do for us in the future. The next part of the podcast will be really a Watford preview. Um, we're going to take a look at the team that played against Nantes yesterday. If that spelling is, uh, if that pronunciation is correct, we're going to also take a look at possible injury news, who could come in for those injured, and just how we're going to look to line up against Watford and how we think that they'll play, and maybe just a real brief look at what Watford have done in the preseason and what they look like they could do going forward too. So, after that, we'll take a we'll take a quick look at the uh, Fantasy Premier League. I don't know how many of you lot like it, but I'm a big fan fantasy premier league and i always try and keep three albion players in there at any one time because that's the limit and why would you not want to keep them in there they're our boys so we're going to take a look at that and see who may provide good value for us this week under the radar because i'm sure there's not a lot of players and teams um that are putting in any brighton players really more than just pascal gross so we'll take a look at that and we'll do that every week it shouldn't take more than a couple of minutes just to see who we're looking at and who we should maybe get in um, and then we'll also just get the end of the podcast on and look towards next week. So first things first, let's start on looking at the uh, new players that we brought in this year. And we'll, we'll start the back, like I said, from defense. There are a couple of players that I'm not going to address today. Um, David Button, Steele, uh, and a couple of the others, Percy Tau, one of them, because I don't think they're going to play much in this in this in the squad. Um, I don't think they're going to really have any game time whatsoever, especially Tao, considering he's not allowed. So he really isn't going to be getting any time at all. Really, Stupid of me to say anything about him, really. Um, I'm excited to see what he does wherever he goes, but he won't be with us for this year, so we're going to just pretend he isn't here. Um, so we'll start at the back with Leon Balogun, a Nigerian central defender. I don't know how many of you watched him in the World Cup, but I was pretty impressed by him. Um, I think he was really really solid at the back. Nigeria as a unit looked very bland and very average but I really paid attention to Balogun because he's our boy and we just brought him in and given how good Duncan Duffy were last year I'm interested to see if he can really challenge them in ways that Juve and Goldson sadly couldn't. Um, that's, not a, that's not a slate towards Juve or Connor either I just think that they were just so good. So it's interesting to take a look at some of Leon's stats. Um, he only played 14 games last year with Mains, but he was very active in them at the back. Uh, he he really got himself stuck in, and I think that should bode well if he was to break into the first team. Given how well the Bundesliga players do, like we know there's a lot of Bundes players, Bundesliga players coming through that uh, play really well in the Premier League and we've got some of them ourselves with you know with Pascal Gross so i think that he should do very well. Um, He was making around 2.8 tackles a game and 2.3 interceptions a game for mains. Uh, Compare that to Duncan Duffy, they're both in the low ones. So clearly he was doing a lot of work at the back for mains. I know they didn't finish particularly high last year and that's probably why, but given that we didn't either it just shows that maybe it's a different style mains were playing. I'd love to know what style they were playing to, uh, to to cause that kind of drama, because we sat back a lot last season, I'm sure everybody would agree, and Duncan Duffy, um, they were, they didn't make a lot of interceptions at low ones, I mean Duffy was even at 0.8 interceptions a game, so, and I think that's a product of us sitting back, I think it's a product of us being calm and collected at the back, keeping it compact, and really not giving them a lot of space, uh, I would, If I had more time, I would have loved to have watched a couple of uh, mains games, God knows where I'd find them, but I'd love to have watched a couple of them just to see what he did, because uh, I just don't know how he's managing to have to make that many tackles and interceptions a game, compared to relegation candidates like we were making such little ones. So I think that's interesting to look at, and I'm sure he'll probably have to adapt to a slightly more conservative style. Um, but that's okay. I'm sure he'll be fine with that. Uh, he didn't get any goals or assists last year. Um, we've, but we did, I'm sure you'll agree that we saw him as a pretty good aerial threat for Nigeria this summer. Um, last year, it must have been a anom- It must have just be an absolute anomaly for the lack of goals that we scored at the back last year. I don't know how it happened. I, I really don't. Uh, Duncan Duffy are never shy about having a goal on goal. And I mean, we saw it all the way through. And they had more shots. Shot attempts um as a premier league defender than almost any other center half in the, in the league uh duncan duffy and yet they scored one goal between them um and i know and you know sadly that only just set us on a minus three deficit for lewis because he uh he scored a fair few own goals so it's kind of weird that no nobody scored many goals at the back and Balogun really didn't either but they all look really dangerous. So I think that this year it's not going to be the same. I think that I think that we have a lot of reasons to be optimistic and positive, and I think that they'll do well. I think that we're, they'll probably gab bag four or five goals between them, and it wouldn't shock me to see Balogun bag one either if we're on, if he's on the field for any decent amount of time. Um, the one thing is for sure, we'll obviously be providing a constant threat, and that's nice because as soon as that goes away we become more one-dimensional so i'm pretty happy with his addition i think he'll be pretty good um going forward wise for leon he has less average passes per game than the other boys uh he also did play 50 percent less games so it suggests he probably isn't the most comfortable on the ball um he was only making about 34 passes a game as opposed to duncan duffy at 39 and 37 passes respectively and i think that kind of shows that it may well have just been a Route 1 crazy, crazy style of football mains were playing. Um, just looking at his stats, it kind of blows my mind as to think of what what they were doing. Um, but overall, I think I think he's going to be pretty good. He, he looks like a like-for-like light light replacement with any of the back two if they were to get hurt. Um, and he looks like better cover than Juve, which can't ever hurt. Um, I, it begs the question, are we going to look at playing three at the back at any point this season? Again, um, I know it was an absolute disaster at Chelsea, but with a player who's clearly so similar um, in his in his output and his behavior as lewis duncan shane duffy it would be interesting to see if we decide to do that a couple more times this season especially with people like bong and charlotte who certainly love to go up press forward uh, along with along with our new signing so let's move on to him uh, bernardo da silva uh, not the Man City player, not the Man City winger, sadly. Um, but he looks a pretty good player in his own right. Um, he's a young Brazilian, 23 year old. Uh, he played for Red Bull Leipzig last year, a top six team in the Bundesliga, so that's no joke. Um, he played 15 appearance. He made a 15 appearances for them, um, and compared to Bong's 25s, 25 appearances, he can play left back primarily. But he can also be a right back, according to Hewton. Um, he played in there at the very first game of the season against St. Gallen. Uh, I don't know how he did because we didn't really see much of a match report on it. But from what I can gather from people who may have may have known more than me, he played all right. Um, and since then, he's been uh, nailed on left back all the way through the rest of preseason. And Bong or Sutton, I haven't really had a look in which I think bodes really well. Um, He scored more goals and got an assist compared to Bong last year. I did a uh, side-by-side comparison of the two, and it really, really made some nice reading for us, um, bringing this boy in. He looks absolutely astounding. He compared to Bong. um, He scores higher on on successful, successful dribbles, um, he scores higher on successful tackles. He scores higher on successful blocks. He looks more than good enough defensively to take Bong's spot. And that isn't even looking at his offensive side of his game. Um, we know that Bong played pretty well last year. He got he got let out of jail a few times, let's be fair, um, due to his sheer pace. And I think that Bernardo, from what I've seen, I've only seen a few bits and pieces of him, but he doesn't seem to be lacking pace himself. Um, and he's clearly very good at the back and for a top 6 Bundesliga left back to be able to do what he did with those sort of stats I think we have to be very excited about him uh, filling in Bong's spot with no problem at all Going forward as well, kind of uh, kind of black and white compared to Bong uh, He had just 0.7 shots per game uh, compared to Bong's 0.2 So he's clearly a much more attacking fullback, despite his defensive stats being much higher than Gaetan's. Uh, He also won a lot more fouls per game. Uh, He he won 1.1 fouls per game every single game uh, in the Bundesliga, compared to Bong's 0.5. So it clearly shows that that attacking mentality is clearly, a, you know, it's a worry for the defenders. And if he plays with uh, with Izquierdo, as we obviously think he will do, those two could cause some serious problems. We know that Izquierdo loves to cut in. Um, and if, if Bernardo is comfortable on his left and comfortable playing out wide, that could be that could be the missing puzzle piece uh, from Izquierdo loving to cut in. Just one or two bright balls out to Bernardo and he could be getting more than just that one assist. I think uh, I think he's going to be an absolute great sign-in. He also made a, few, a lot more passes. Uh, he made 40 passes per game compared to Bong's 30, uh, which is really quite an astounding amount more for what he did and given how, many, how, many, uh, how much possession we had at the back last year due to the way we played, it's kind of crazy to think that he actually made 10 more passes on average per game than Gaetan did. Um, it clearly shows he's very comfortable on the ball. Probably that Brazilian lifestyle he's lived, likes to have the ball at his feet, likes to run at players, and likes to get forward no matter what position he's in. So he's now done. Um, he's not stopped playing for us since the start, and I, I expect him to line up against Watford. Uh, probably one, probably the only. Uh, new signing that will be lining up, but I think he's going to be a great addition. Uh, left back's been a place that we've needed to s- strengthen at. Uh, Sotnar sadly didn't do the business for us, and he now looks like he's third in the pecking order, which sucks for him. But man, this boy looks good. I'm excited by him. I think everybody should be excited by him. And yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. This one, this one is my favorite. I'm not going to lie. I'll be as uh, biased as need be. So let's move on to our next one. The next, Paul Pogba, uh, Ive Ibe Bissouma. I hope I have pronounced his name right. And if by God's grace he ever listens to this, I apologise if I didn't. Um, he made he made about fifteen to twenty appearances last season, I believe. Um, he scored no goals last season. Um, he did primarily play as a central defensive midfielder, however. So the fact that he did create 8 clear-cut chances and also got an assist um, is pretty good reading. And his pass accuracy was at a massive 85%, of which 70% were forward passes. When you compare that to Dale Stevens, who I think he is probably a logical competition place for, um, it's a night and day difference. Dale is has never been a forward passer um, at, as, since he's came into the Premier League. He plays very much a Jordan Henderson role. He takes the ball and distributes it backwards or sideways for the most part. Besuma um, doesn't seem to want to do that as often, and it shows because his stats show that he's he's you know he's looking forward a lot. Um, so obviously the the worry is that if he's going to be more of a forward player and he's going to look forward, despite the fact that he's going to be a central defensive midfielder, um, just how dangerous is he going to be at giving the ball away at the back? Right, that's that's the question that everybody would ask once they know that he likes to get forward. So I looked into that too, um, and him and Dale also made both made two point eight tackles a game last year, um, and he seemed to be able to do both. So he clearly he clearly seems to be able to get in there, um, win the ball, like three three successful tackles a game last year is no joke. That's uh, that's that's a fair amount, and it's it's one of the highest levels of the prem even. Um, so the fact that he's been able to do that and also turn around and look forward, I think that's something that really separates him from Dale, and I think it may well slowly over time put him ahead of Dale. Um, Especially in those games when we're playing teams that are in and around our level. He's, I mean, it looks like a bit of a Kante mold, right? He likes to get forward. He likes to get back and can do both. So it looks like we've got a hell of a signing on our hands, especially considering he's only 21. He's already a Malian international. He's spent a lot of time in the French division already. Uh, We know that's a hit and miss division. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's playing and he's highly rated. He's, the Lille fans love him. Um, the Lille fans love him and I think it's something to be really hype about, I, I really wouldn't be shocked to see him starting as a mainstay um, over Dale once he gets into his game, it's because he's just, I mean let's have a look at a couple of the other stats going forward uh, Dale Stevens half 0.5 shots per game he's making which doesn't shock anybody right, we all knew what Dale did last year he really didn't take a look at goal unless he was in the FA Cup uh, 1.7 shots per game on average for Bisuma. That's that's ridiculous compared to him. Uh, he made 2.3 successful dribbles a game. That difference... Uh, and uh, He made 2.3 successful dribbles a game with that amount of difference to Dale. It's absolutely insane. Dale barely made any dribbles, really. Um, he was in the 0. 0.6 for successful dribbles. Um, he only had 0.3 more balls he got dispossessed on too so just to add just to give some clarity to that basuma when he had the ball um and he likes to go forward we've already discussed that and we've shown that the stats show he loves a, he loves a forward ball and he loves a forward run um he only gave away the ball 0.3 more times than dale did last year despite all of the forward runs he made that that's impressive he's a big lad he knows how to keep the ball and I think he's going to be a real danger to players and teams that don't know anything much about him his, uh, his, he even has a better successful pass percentage than Dale and given the safe balls that we know Dale played um, he like I, like I said earlier Bisuma was making an 85% successful pass rate um, and Dale only made 83 I mean there's not a lot between them but given when you look at the style of their play I think that's a big deal um, so overall verdict on him, uh, he's obviously a defensive midfielder. He's most likely competition is Dale, um, but his stats look very similar defensively to Stevens, and I think that's a good thing. I think a, a replacement for Dale Stevens is never going to be a bad replacement. But the fact that he has an attack inside to his game, and um, that Dale simply doesn't have, and that's no disrespect to him ever, but he doesn't seem to have. The stats show it. um every, everybody on on a blatant eye test show it. Um, he doesn't have that attacking push that give evey Besuma seems to have um so I think that I think that's a really exciting time um I think he's gonna be our most underrated sign of the season that's my bold prediction out there I think he's gonna be our next Pascal gross in terms of who on earth is this guy and when did he show up in the Premier League to the uh the, the slightly less knowledgeable play, fans around in terms of you know your United fans, your Arsenal fans that follow it pretty casually, and they'll suddenly see Bissouma maraud through the midfield, take the ball off Sanchez, and blast one. I think it's going to be really fun to see them shit their pants. Uh, so let's move on um, to our new Iranian winger. He is an he's he's a, a winger forward. Central attacking midfielder. He just likes to attack, clearly. Um, he's a 24-year-old. He's Ali Razor, Jahan Baksh. I believe that is about as close as I'm going to get to getting that name correct. Um, I've tried many times. That's probably as good as it's ever going to get. So let's take a look at him. £21 million is no joke. That's uh, I believe that's what he was signed for. And I have his stats up in front of me. And I have them compared to uh, Knock Art from last season. Um, and I think they're interesting reading Uh, he kind of blows him out of the water we all know that Knockout didn't have the greatest season last year and we all know that he was a bit down and he didn't seem to have that same pizzazz that he had going forward in the championship um, up until those last six games really where he seemed to turn everybody inside out but prior to that he didn't really do the business but he still made 33 appearances last season which is kind of crazy Um, he he really didn't seem to be on the pitch that much, but yep, he was. <laughs> he knockout made about a tackle a game successfully. Um, Jahan Baksh made two every game, so he's clearly making a lot of. Like, he can clearly do both forward and back. Um, and I also have uh, the the stats for Memphis Depay in his 2014-15 season. It's a year before he got bought by United. Um, he was the next big thing. Um, Dutch winger, he was the same age in 2014-15 as Ali Reza is now um, and his stats read very very similar to Ali Reza's uh, they both made about 33 appearances last that, that season um, the seasons that they played uh, they both scored plenty of goals, um, stupid amount of goals really, but it's interesting to see that their tackles were very much different and their interceptions were different, uh, it looks and their blocks too Ali Reza made far many more tackles than Memphis uh, with the 2.1 tackles a game. Memphis didn't even hit the one tackle a game average mark. So he's clearly very much just an out-and-out attacking player and he didn't really want to do anything on the other side. Um, and when you compare that to their going forward stats, Ali Reza scored 21 goals in the Eredivisie last year. Uh, Memphis scored 22 in his big breaking out year. Uh, Memphis made five assists to... Uh, compared to Ali Alireza's twelve, so clearly when he wasn't scoring goals, he was making all the rest. Like I mean, that's ridiculous. Thirty-three goals contributed to last season. That's outrageous. If that was in the Premier League, like that's Salah levels. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be Mo Salah, but you know, it shows that it shows that there's a big difference between the Eredivisie and ours in the Premier League, but. At the same time, I think it's something to be really uh, cognizant of, of that this boy can play, score, and create just as much as one another. He had less shots per game, too, than Memphis in his breakout season. Uh, he, he was roughly shooting, taking one less successful shot uh, a, a game than Memphis and still scored the same amount of goals, almost the same amount of goals than him, and made many, many more assists. Um, he, made way, he made 2.4 key passes compared to Depay's to two, um, he made 3.4 more successful dribbles uh, as opposed to Depay's 2.7. Uh, he was fouled a lot more too. He was, he was getting roughly two fouls per game one, and I'm sure they were in dangerous areas. I haven't seen the heat map or anything, but I'm sure they were given the fact that he loves to go forward compared to Memphis' Memphis's 1.5. Um, he was offside less, um, and he gave away the ball less too, um, which is really interesting to see because he's clearly better on the ball. He likes to keep the ball at his feet, and he, he seems to be a lot less selfish than Depay was. Um, it's also interesting to see that he made a lot more key passes, um, a lot more average passes per game—42 passes a game compared to Depay's 32. I think that's important too because it shows that he's more of a team player than Memphis is, um, and it's shown in the, it's backed up in the stats and it's backed up in the assists. So I think that i think that he's gonna blow our minds um he has all the tools in front of him to be the next big thing he has all the tools in front of him to not be with us very long too in all honesty um if he performs as well as he should he probably won't be here long but what a ride it will be uh i think we have a lot of reasons to be excited about him i think he's going to be an absolute amazing addition and i can't wait to see him crack on so Let's move on to the last one, uh, Florian Andon. He is a he was our first sign-in, I believe, of the preseason. season well, I mean, we barely finished the, the last season when we got him in. Um, we tried to sign him, I believe, for 20-odd million quid um, last year, and we were turned down by Evo because they wanted to stay up. Um, understandable, you know, because if they stayed up, they're going to earn a lot more than 20 million. Um, but they turned us down and we were managed we actually managed to uh set off his release clause for, for a poultry six million pound and snapped him up this summer. Regardless of what happens at this point, that is one hell of a piece of business. To save ourselves fourteen or million quid that went in the Alley Razor pot. Um, I think we should be very happy with that and congratulations Paul Barber, you've done a hell of a job on money saving there. Um but in terms of what he is and what he looks like and what he can do, um, he's spent most of his top-flight time in La Liga. Um, he's been, you know, he's played for the same kind of teams with the same kind of record as uh, Toma Hamid and Leo Ijoa. Um, we've always been very strong with signing La Liga strikers. We know that. In fact, I mean, we've been pretty well uh, well off from signing most La Liga players. Uh, David Lopez, Vicente, of course, Bruno, the boy, you just. Age is like a fine wine Joa, who now has a Premier League winners medal, Hemed who is still here working his ass off day in day out, um, I think he's he seems to be producing the same kind of numbers too um, and we play one up front usually right so he's going to be on the end of those gross balls just like Murray was last season if he plays and I think he's going to put goals away too um, so to go back on previous players we signed from the Liga and look at them compared to Andon I think that makes the best reading to compare what he can do. Um, Thomas Hemed came from Almeria where he scored eight goals in 35 appearances in the Liga when he played his full season um, and 20 goals in 90 appearances for Mallorca. After coming to Brighton, we all know how it went, he scored 30 in 97 appearances so far, um, albeit there was a lot of them in the championship. And Ujoa came from Almeria too. He scored 39 in 90 for Almeria in the La Liga. Um, very similar stats as Hemed. From La Liga, um, as you can see, that I mean, they're almost like for like. He then went on to score 23 and 50 for us, almost a goal every other game, which is insane. Um, and 11 goals in 37 in his season with Leicester, which again, you know, you get a 10 goal striker in a Premier League and you're very unlikely to go down. Um, as long as everybody else contributes somewhat, you're, you're gonna be all right. So, and they did just fine, they, they won the league. So, that was pretty stupid to say about them in a relegation manner. They slayed it. Um, so Florin played for Cordoba over two seasons, scored 26 in 56. He then moved to Deportivo, scored 12 in 37 in his first La Liga season with them, um, and only scored six and 20 in line last year. But he had injury issues, um, which he seems to still be having right now. But when you look at his season where he played a full stint with Depot Evo 12 in 37, is uh, is the same sort of level as the other boys that came over. So the similarities are really, really obvious. Um, and to, So when you look at his pass striker correlation and his role in the team, um, I think that he's a hell of a purchase. And I think that when you, when you get your stats as well, um, and you compare him to Murray, um, if you compare... Florin's 37-game season to Murray's season last year. Uh, Florin is pretty much better than him in every single stat and every single position um, that we've already looked at previously. There's really not much difference between the two, but Florin edges him in everything. He's only young. He's only 25, I believe. Um, So, I mean, he's got a a lot of time left. He's 10 years younger than Glenn. Nine. Sorry. Um... So I think that's a hell of a fun, fun, uh, fun prospect. I think he can. I think he can lead the line just fine, um, and I think he's gonna be a really, really astute signing. And I think he'll be good for ten goals this year. That's my that's my second bold prediction of the day. I think he, I think he'll probably beat Murray out of the team eventually. I'm not sure how fast, um, but I think he'll get there eventually because. He is younger, and his stats really show that he's no, not really any worse than Clan is. Um, So I think he'll probably slowly edge his way in, and I think he'll probably be the better player. Um, And I think he's gonna score goals that'll keep us up. And I think we'll, he'll be a good player for quite some time for us. So I think it's a good time to follow him, and I think it's a good time to be. uh, It's a good signing that we made from Deportivo for a paltry 6 million I think he could be looked at with a lot of envy for those teams around us too so that wraps up um all of our new arrivals as a, as a uh, that wraps up all of our new arrivals barring the the players that I already mentioned that I won't mention again and that I don't think are going to really play a lot this year so that's the end of them I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how they do this season I think we should be really happy with the work we did i think we've absolutely killed it in the transfer market this year we we did it early we did it convincingly we did it really really on the cheap compared to a lot of other teams um you know bringing in players like Andon for six million when other teams are buying alfie mawson for 20 you know it's it's outrageous um and it shows why we look abroad and i'm glad we do Uh, i mean we all love lewis and we all love these homegrown boys but at the end of the day if we can get this better value for money abroad then let's bring them in um and we got our first ever brazilian so why not right so let's move on to the watford preview and a quick look at our pre-season this year um it's been a pretty quiet pre-season compared to a lot of others um our tour abroad wasn't really anything to write home about and the players and games the, the teams and games that we played really haven't done anything um they've been very chill very relaxed we've not really played our first team over a consistent basis at all until we played Nantes this Friday um so let's take a look What look at this was the 11 we played um against Nantes yesterday where we won 2-1 and we have Matt riding goal obviously i think that's i think that's an absolute obvious player that's gonna be there all year um might be a bit short mind but he did just fine last year and i think he'll do all right this year um bruno started at right back i don't know how long he's gonna last um he is just he just defies logic every single year and i'm really worried that it's gonna end soon um so I'm not sure how much he's going to play this year, but I think I mean I think he's I think he's a logical person to put at the back there against Watford. So I don't think there'll be many changes to this eleven. Duncan Duffy at the back. Uh, Duffy has obviously recovered from his uh, injury, which is really nice to see because uh, you know the original thought was that he may not make it even to the first game of the season. So the fact that he's had a couple of pre-season games in him and then being available to play, I think that's a really really big boost for us um no disrespect to Balogun but I think keeping that back two together and the fact that we managed to keep Dunk away from the big boys who want to sniff around for these center halves um I think we've done really well and I think that those two will be obviously mainstays again this year left back was Bernardo um the only player that was a new signing to get in there um and he's been in there most of the season most of the preseason so it would it would really shock me to see him not roll up again against Watford at left back, and I'm going to be really intrigued to see what he does at Premier League level. level considering we're throwing him in at the deep end right away. Um, in the midfield, there wasn't much to write home about. Knockout on the right, Stevens and Proper as the as the middle two, and Solly March on the left. Uh, Iskiedo hasn't even been in a preseason game yet, so I'm not sure whether uh, Hutton's gave him a longer break than everybody else. Um, I don't know whether he's got uh, injury issues I don't know what we're doing with him but obviously I trust Hewton to manage him and uh, make sure he's ready to come back when he's ready to come back So we had Solly March on the left and I think he'll probably start on the left He's um, he's he's you know he's a solid player and I, I love Solly I think he'll do great as usual um, His development has slowed down a little bit but I'm still confident that he's going to be a heck of a player for us um, knockout on the right with that absolute uh, abomination of a hairstyle. Can I call it? I mean, what was that all about? Is he is he trying to impersonate his new best friend Pissuma? I don't know. Maybe he's taking the Mickey out of Pissuma. I don't know. But it it kind of blew my mind <laughs> looking at it it was horrific but you know he played really well against nance and i think he'll i think if he can pick up the form that he had at the end of last season he's going to be almost like a new sign in for us this season so i expect him to start on the right um and as long as he keeps up his form he is going to keep out that iranian um as soon as he drops though and if ali is fit it's he isn't going to be in there long um stevenson proper in the middle Uh, i think i think it's going to be really interesting to see what we do this year and how varied we get um but i expect that the, we'll start with the usual four-four-one-one as we did against nance so proper and stevens in the middle pascal gross in the number 10 role and murray in front of him um i don't see many changes i think i think we'll line up exactly like that barring maybe glenn um glenn went off very early last yesterday he hurt he hurt himself again um we don't know quite what it was that did him um, some people said it may be head injury. Some people may just be his back or, you know, there's a, there's a couple of different ideas floating around and no one really knows about him and the physios anyway. Um, so maybe he'll be back for Watford. Maybe he won't. And with Andon and Lockadia, Lock, a doubt. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We've sold Sam Baldock, so we really only have one fit striker if Glenn isn't fit. Um, and that's Tom He seemed to be sharper than I've ever seen him. Um, more more effective um, than I've ever seen him against Nance yesterday, and I know it was only a preseason friendly, but I have full faith in him to lead that line against Watford perfectly fine, um, it won't shock me if that's what we end up going for, because we know how safe Chris Hutton is, um, and how conservative he is, So it it kind of shocks me to see Bernardo start at left-back, because I didn't expect him to make many changes, and if we start the season off poorly, then I would expect to see the new signings come in, so Bernardo Bernardo must have done a heck of a job, Um, and Hemed will be just fine if he ends up being the one to play, so... Let's take a look at Watford then. Um, they look a little bit, little bit more ropey than, than us. Um, they've had a more questionable transfer window than us by far, piling up on bag average fullbacks. Um, they've, they've really not done much they've sold Richarlison for an absolute shed load of money which is genius transfer work but I can't say I'm exactly convinced as to who they're going to bring in instead uh, they have Delafeo who's bang average at this level we know that he has, He seems to have attitude problems so whether he ends up doing well or not we'll see um, Decore is good Chalabar is back um, I'm a big fan of Chalabar um, so hopefully we can keep him and Decore quiet But other than that, their front line doesn't shock me and scare me. And it shouldn't shock or scare us. They don't have anything. Um, Duncan Tuffy can contain people like Andre Gray. I think that we will be all right. Um, And it's going to be a nice game to start with. uh, Because Watford really haven't looked convincing post-Marco Silva. Um, And I think the fact that they really haven't done a great deal of good business, I think lends to us starting off the season well and i hope so too because after that we have a couple of absolutely brutal games so let's take a look at the outlook for the new season as a whole um i think we'll stay up i think we'll stay up convincingly um i think we'll probably finish about 13th and i think that would be an amazing season if we do um not too fussed about a cup run i don't know about you guys but i'm really not bothered um i just want to stay up again this year and then see what we can do next year um, if we stay up this year, I'd like us to have a cheeky look at a cup run, perhaps. But as of right now, I'm really not too bothered. I'm just happy with staying up. Um, if a cup run happens, great. But betting the new boys. I want to get our new boys betted in. Uh, I want Jahan Baksh and uh, Besuma to be regular players by the end of the season because they both really, really look great and excite me a lot. Um, I think we have a lot of reason to be excited for those boys because they're young, they're driven, they... The stats back them to be superstars. So, if only one of them comes through, then we've we've done a heck of a job. Uh, I think we have a lot of reasons to be excited, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if we play with new formations this year. Um, will we take a look at three-five-two? I know it was a disaster, but you know we have more players available for that now. Um, will we play four-three-three? Three? That's a formation that we know Chris is more familiar with compared to the three at the back. Um, and given the fact that we now have Dale Stevens proper, Kyle and Bissouma as midfielders that play different roles, um, I th- it won't shock me to see them play. It won't shock me to see us play 4-3-3 um, with our wingers pushing higher, especially if we're at home against a poorer team. Um, I won't be shocked to see that's the kind of game where you would expect his Edo and uh, Yahamba action, knockout, like to have an absolute field day. Um, and when you think that you have Dale behind... Uh, Besumar and Proper as the t- as the players that would be going box to box, feeding people like Murray Yahanbach, Andon, Isquierdo, Like it's it could be absolutely brutal, and I think it's really really exciting to look at that idea. So let's move on to our uh, Fantasy Premier League segment. This shouldn't take long. Um, so who's useful for, for our Fantasy Premier League team week one? Um, we're biased, we're Brighton fans so we're always going to want to play a Brighton player Um, but I'm going to be boring for this week and say that there really isn't any choice other than Pascal Gross Um, I think that when you look at game weeks 2 and 3 when you're playing when we're playing Man United and Liverpool um, I don't think you want to be investing too heavily in some of our players so Pascal Gross should be a set and forget for the entire year for me he won't be leaving my fantasy team, I don't know about you guys Um, so yeah, that's, that's my that's my contribution to you there. Play Pascal Gross. I think he'll be, once again, the catalyst for us this year. And I think that early on, with how conservative Chris is, with not bringing in the uh, blood blooding the new boys too quickly, I think he's going to be a perfect fit. And I think he'll continue to create goals. And I think he'll continue to score them. And I think it would be absolutely mental for people not to have him in. Um, and Don is one to look at, because he's only $5 million in the game. And that saves you a ton of money. So... He's, like I said, if he fits the prediction that I have for him, slowly but surely edging his way into the team, that could be a really cool little signing as well. Um, it gives you a bit of money to invest elsewhere too. So we'll look at it next, probably in a couple of weeks' time, we'll look a bit deeper into the fantasy prem if people are interested because I think we have some good uh, good investments that we can make, especially if players like Bisuma start playing more commonly. Um, but as of right now, that is it. Um, so that's it from me. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, feel, free, feel, feel free and please do follow me at TogetherBHA on Twitter. Um, and next time, we'll be looking uh, at the Watford analysis, um, look at how we played there. We'll take a look at some of the stats and figures that provided that the game provided us. And uh, we'll have a look at other Brighton and Hive Albion stories of the week or anything that relates to the Albion um, in this podcast. And we'll also be taking a look at the United preview, of course. Um, so thank you for listening and please feel free to hit me up with any constructive criticism uh, feedback like me on twitter follow me on twitter at me if you want slide into my dms tell me how good or bad this was Uh, feedback can only be good as long as it's constructive so please don't be too mean thank you for listening again and i'm out peace be safe